When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, it's episode 14 of the Flix Watcher podcast. I'm Kobe. I'm Helen. On this episode, we'll be talking about What We Do in the Shadows, the Kiwi film directed by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement from Flight the Concord. Our guests this week are Helen from the Looseness podcast and also Answer Me This, and Matthew Crosby from Pappy's Bangs and Mash and Pappy's Flatshare Slamdown. What We Do in the Shadows, it got 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb and it got 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Stay tuned, guys, of course, for the only score that matters, that is the Flix Watcher rating. Like what you hear? Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings about this particular show. As always, Films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. There may be bad language and there may be spoilers. You have been warned. Welcome to this edition of Flix Watcher. Today we are joined by Helen and Matt. If you'd like to uh, say hello, introduce yourselves and let us know where we can hear you. I'm Helen Zaltzman and I make podcasts such as The Allusionist, which is about language, and Answer Me This, in which we answer questions from the audience on whatever is troubling them at that point in time. And I'm Matthew Crosby. I'm a comedian and a writer, and I also make podcasts. Everyone makes podcasts these days, don't well, they? Yeah, everyone here makes podcasts. I mean, literally, everyone here, yes, yeah, that's, that's very true. I make a podcast with my sketch team, Pappies. I make a podcast called Bangers and Mash, and you can find that at the British Comedy Guide. And also at the British Comedy Guide is our other podcast, which is a live panel show called Flat Share Slam Down. Yeah. 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 Happy with those? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we. Should we talk about the the, int- the illusionist and the, and the <laughs> film adaptation yeah. thereof? <laughs> That's happening a lot now. You're isn't thinking it? the informant. Yeah. And answer me. Well, I would say the well, I was doing a bit of research. The Sony award-winning. Answer me this. Ten, yeah. ten years old. Answer me this. Two thousand and seven. <laughs> so it's fair to say you were one of the first. Well, at the time we weren't, crown. but it's all we've telescoped out now. The fun thing about the Sony Award that answered me this one: we've won a few awards, and then pretty much the year after we won an award, that award ceremony would shut down completely. So um, don't give us any awards now. So the Sony Awards doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. What is it now? It went away for a few years, and now they just brought now it back. Now it's the smash it's called... pole in his party, isn't it? <laughs> they brought it back, and it's called the Arias, which is an Australian. Is it an Australian Music Awards Maybe. as well? Right. So they fluffed that. Yeah. Mm. Oh dear. Oh well, it's a shame. It's all right. But anyway, it's, it's that's it's quite it's quite nice to be one of the final ever Sony Award winning podcasts. Sure. In fact, the last ever Sony Award winning podcast. The, the last but one. Oh, was did you did you not win gold? No, there was one year, oh, one, one year, year sorry, after. Sorry. Oh, okay, it's sorry. delayed by a year, so the effect is less obvious. But if you looked at it on a graph, it'd be very clear. Yeah. That it's, answer me this, plus a year, then curtains. Then you were the beginning of the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe they think, oh, is, where do we go from here? Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. peaked. They tried it one other year. That like, yeah. just didn't feel the same as when we're giving awards to Helen. 
Helen's now going to talk about the time when um, Flatshare Slamdown won the Loaded Laughter Award. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, did you? Yeah. Congratulations. We won the Loaded Laughter Award what? for a funniest podcast, and I believe 2013, 2000, no, 2011, I think it was. Is there a black tie ceremony for that? It's amazing. It's really good fun because for some reason, I don't know why, loads of comedians show up. So like Vic and Bob were there, all the guys from The Fast Show were there, Keith Lemon was there, Lee Nelsie Nelson, got to meet all my heroes. And then the first it, half of that list, not necessarily the second half. And then it, did it die a death two years after? <laughs> I think the loaded laughter still exists. Oh, really? No, loaded does not. Does it not? Does it not? And nor yeah, does it laughter. Folded, yeah. It's a very solid <laughs> yeah, well, time now. Well, when loaded magazine folded, so did laughter. Yeah. That was the day the laughter died. No. Oh no. No, I, 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 I didn't know that Loaded Magazine, this is terrible news thought, for me. For I the... thought it did, didn't it? I, I thought pretty much all the did. magazines have gone. When I turned yeah. 17, I probably just stopped reading it. Then, oh, yeah. you're so you're... grown up. <laughs> then you, then I beca- you became a man, my yes, son. And then I moved to H- FHM. <laughs> <laughs> but not to miss you, I did do some research as well, and Pappy's is apparently Britain's best live sketch team. Yes, you're reading from a press release that I wrote. <laughs> but <laughs> it is also true. But it's one of those things where... My friend Steve Hall said, you can just say anything in a press release and then it gets, it's a bit like Wikipedia. If you say a thing in an interview, then the interview is the, is the source. So if we say, you know, this is a, yet another source proving that Pappy's a Britain, Britain's best live sketch team, you can have, we can have you on our Wikipedia page quoted as, I mean, admittedly, it's me saying it still. This is why Donald Trump is president now. Absolutely. This is the problem. This is fake no. news. Yeah, you started it. I started it. I began <laughs> fake news. God damn you, Matthew. Can you, do you have the power to finish Trump? I'd, I'd like to think I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, sure. He's nearly a foot taller than you. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hand to hand combat, it Helen. No, no, no. It'd be a meeting of minds. <laughs> okay. Be a battle of wits, yeah, okay. and I, I feel like I could probably working. beat him there. Good luck. Yeah, yeah thanks very much. <laughs> Look forward to it. I can't wait. But on a different note, yeah, we're the, here to review t- some films. Oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So um, we're going to start with well your choice today. Do you, would you like to give us a brief synopsis and tell us why you picked? the film you've chosen i i would like to do all of those things and i will beginning now i picked the movie what we do in the shadows now it is directed now i i i'm not sure i've got the definitive pronunciation on him but i'm gonna go for it is it taika watiti uh, yeah is that right? that's what taika we've been waititi, yeah Ta- taika waititi yeah i think that's how i that's how i heard it said but taika waititi i think as long as you get all the kind of I've not only never heard it said, I assumed, because I knew of his work through Flight of the Concords, yeah. and I assumed he was like Flight of the Concords, like dorky, unattractive mate, who was like, oh, he's funny, but you know, we can't put him on screen. And then halfway through watching the film, I was like, who's the lead guy in this? He's really amazing. He's so funny and charismatic. And it is Taika Waititi. Director, I was yeah. like, no, not only are you a brilliant director, you're also... A, good looking, and B, a really good and funny actor. Absolutely. So I immediately went off him, like oh, straight away. No. Well, now he's directing Thor, isn't he? So So um, I've heard. So yeah. Kobe was saying beforehand, yeah, he's he's about to direct Thor. Are you are you guys Marvel fans? No, I reached my... Peak my, Marvel. Yeah, I reached the end of my um, ability to tolerate Marvel some time ago. But are you slightly interested in the fact that it's Taika Waititi directing Thor? Is that, yeah, is that not... even that. Even that's not enough Even to put that, you. No. Do you think I, he's going to give it a Watiti spin, or do you he, think he's just going to do a conventional? I really like those little videos he's been doing where Thor is a shit flatmate. They right. are pretty good. Yeah. I watched them because you alerted me to them, yeah. and they're quite funny. Where he's sort of in his board shorts, 
So I admit, if the Thor film is more of that, then yes, all right, I will overcome the uh, the Marvel threshold okay. that I had reached. I'll let you know, because I'll probably watch Thank on you. the first day and then send you, a, send you a message and say... Yes. Yes. That'd be very decent. But okay. if it's just a 40-minute action sequence followed by another one, then I'm out. Are you a massive geek then? Are you a big, a big superhero geek? I will watch anything that's Marvel, because I think they've got a lot to... I, I, really, I really enjoy it. DC, I'm not so fussed about. It's too po-faced, a bit boring. See, when I when I was a kid, I read DC comics. So yeah. I read Batman and Superman. I was sort of a, a, I was around sort of 14 when they did the big Death of Superman series. Yeah. But it's not translated into movies at all, really, has it? You know, no, no one. I mean, there've been some good Batman movies, but no one seems to be like everyone loves Marvel, but Marvel seems like too cartoony. Do you know what I mean? It's too sort of comic booky for so me to really prefer, enjoy it. Because I think everyone's generally happy with the Nolan Batman series. Yeah, but, I, I, oh no, I, I liked elements of them but generally i didn't i found them too pompous yeah and and also just a bit like they needed a bit of script pruning i, I don't think. know if you but what i like about it is it's a pompous movie but he's a bat he's not a bat he's a, he's a <laughs> he's yuppie a, he's a yeah that's a, he's, he's a, a man who dresses he's a man who dresses as a bat and then in the last film he's a man who is convalescing and then has another setback and convalesces again i've not seen that last one but it sounds really good <laughs> Is he a bad flatmate? Is it like is it like those Thor things? So speaking of the Dark Knight, Shadows are Dark, and what we do in the shadows is the film we were supposed oh, to be talking oh, about. They got well, derailed. Segway. As always happens, Marvel gets mentioned, and, and that's and, and it. We get we're immediately derailed. The, I'm yeah. so sorry. So for those of you who have not seen the film, spoiler alert: it is about 85 minutes long. It is <laughs> so just I'm, if, if you haven't checked the running time, I'm going to spoil that for you right now. It is about well, it starts basically as about three, sort of four vampires living in New Zealand and one of them sort of lives under the house and isn't really a character. He's uh, very old. He's very he's old. 8, he's 8,000 years, 8, years old. The other three masquerade as kind of New Zealand hipsters in order to find virgins and, and drink their blood. And it's it's basically, it, it's in the tradition of Spinal Tap. It's a yeah. largely improvised documentary, mockumentary. So is it improvised? You... Wow. Apparently so, yeah. Apparently okay. they shot 120 hours of footage. Oh, wow. wow. And they, they, they did a few little tricks. Like the guy, there's a guy, Stu, who plays an IT guy who was like the most understated performance ever committed to film because they didn't tell him he was going to be in the film that much. They really? didn't tell him he was a central character. They said, just, just you're in like one scene, even though they, clearly he must have realised when they shot about 80 scenes with him. It's like, you're only in one scene, so just, just don't bother trying too hard. You're only a sort of peripheral character and then turns out to be kind of one of the big the big main characters. But yeah, so it's an, it's kind of an improvised comedy about these three grungy flatmates who happen to also be mm. vampires. And there's a sort of plot, but it's sort of incidental, really. They're going to a party. Someone's ex-girlfriend's going to be there. Yeah, they, um, the, beast. the Beast. The Beast is going to be there. <laughs> they make a they make a new guy a vampire. They turn it, or Peter turns him into a vampire. And he can't it's it's almost like he can't quite deal with the fame of it he uh you know that everyone says if you get famous you get 18 months of being an arsehole that's what they say that's what you know if, because it, you pe- tell us matthew i mean i've never been famous but I, <laughs> I i know people who are famous and you know i think 18 months is a fair enough amount of time and that's kind of what he he does he goes around showing off that he's a vampire but but generally it's just it's basically a, it's a it's basically like a flat share movie 
It's like an um, advert for spare room or something. It is, yeah, exactly. It's like a spare room advert. But... It reminded me a lot of when you and I used to share a flat, Matthew. Oh, absolutely. Oh, did you guys share a flat together? Yeah, for oh, two and a half years. Oh, wow. I, I was largely nocturnal as well at the time. <laughs> it's true. Constantly bringing virgins back, but they were just my mates. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of dirty dishes. A <laughs> lot of dirty dishes, yeah. It's almost like a Whitnell and I aspect of the, that pile of dirty dishes they've got there. And the reason I chose it is, well, A, because I wanted to see it, and so you've not seen it before? No, I hadn't seen it before, and it felt like the sort of thing I would enjoy. And lo and behold, I did. Good. More on that later. You really know yourself. I really know myself. That's good. I know the sort of stuff I'd like. I, I'm just I'm a big fan of Flight of the Concords, and obviously Jermaine Clement is in it, and he's brilliant. And the other reason is, and I would not, wouldn't, I'm not going to dwell on this too much, but you wouldn't let me pick my first choice, which was Adam Sandler's The Cobbler. Because and thank you for not letting him pick that. Rick, I thought we could have had a really nice chat about it. I really, I'm, I'm, I, again, I haven't seen that either. I'm fascinated to see it. It's got like a one and a half star rating on Netflix. And I think if anything that's got that kind of rating has got to be worth our time. But Helen, that was your... your, your I your didn't ad- realise it was a serious suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, if you can go back through the 25 emails we sent each other that day when I was like, if it's not that, then I'm picking Kevin James's Here Comes the Boom. But no, I genuinely would have liked to have seen that. But In your own time, man. In my own time. Don't, don't take the three of us down with you. Yeah, that's that, it, that's, I think. That's the problem. I wanted to share the pain of it. I think there's a general kind of Adam Sandler and friends veto zone right around yeah. around this podcast. He does not deserve more chances from no. us. No. No. We have a limited life. We don't want to spend it on that's, that's the cobbler. That's absolutely true. And you didn't want to watch The Cobblers. I'm okay probably, with... <laughs> it's probably going to be redubbed. No, fair enough. But let's so let's talk about about this. The shadows. Yeah. So what do you what do you reckon, Helen? I'd seen it before, and uh, so I was very happy to watch it again. I I really like how understated it is in a way that a lot of Antipodean films and sitcoms are, where just it feels deliberately mundane. Yeah. And I think with this, it really works. The fact that you've got these vampires who are wearing frock coats and they have red velvet. The dandish hipsters. Yeah, they are. But also clock radios. Yes. (laughs) And I liked as well, there was a little nod to um, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Did you see that? That mid-90s film, which was very over the top. Uh, So the first time you see Jermaine Clement is when Taika Waititi's character opens his door and Jermaine Clement's having this sex pile with women in red satin. (laughs) 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 Which I think is, uh, is something that happened in that film. Well, apparently he based his character... On the Gary Oldman character, really? Yeah, that's okay. the sort. Of, I mean, it's sort of the you same look, that, isn't actually, it? Yeah. The, the the long hair, the little soul patch, the moustache. But Gary Oldman in that film had a sort of big heart-shaped head, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, when he was old vampire, yeah, not old, when yeah. he was sexy when he was, vampire. When he was sexy vampire right. with the purple shades. That's how you knew he was sexy. I just remember him being sexy old <laughs> vampire. I've elided the two. But I found them. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's uh, it's understated, but in. Reminded me of Father Ted almost because you have yes, yeah, guys actually. and a really old guy who's a temperamental. Person. That actually really works, actually. Yes, it's 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 well. It, I, I think it's also that the I'm not saying that priests are ridiculous, but they are slightly ridiculous. But I think both uh, Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews and uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement sort of picked characters that you expect to behave in a certain way. Mm. Priests and vampires kind of you know have got to be. I don't know what, what's how would you say they've got to be sort of stoic. And they've got to be uh, ominous, and when you take that away from them, it's 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 it just becomes it becomes hilarious. I think it's it's also it's very understated, but it's also very very well observed. It did feel like the kind of the flats I've lived in, or the sort of arguments I've seen between flatmates. I mean, we we yeah. start at the when we when we first the film opens, it starts with a with a flat meeting. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. 
I, I liked how they used flat as a verb as well. Yeah, flat. Vampires were flat together. <laughs> and it's about the one guy, I guess Deacon, who's the youngest vampire at the time, who's not pulling his weights. And that's that's the conversation everyone's had. You talked about the Withnell and I pile of. Pile of, dishes. pile of dishes he hasn't done the dishes yeah. in five years and it's just <laughs> it's just racking up yeah and also you just get the sense that because they've been alive for such a long time they're pretty bored at this point yeah. just filling in the time is is quite tiresome and and that i enjoyed i liked as well that they touched upon the fact that if you had lived for as many years as a vampire has lived you probably had some dodgy politics because there was deacon being in with the nazis yeah. uh, <laughs> during the hitler times yeah, he was just uh, he was just a product of his times, but unfortunately, his times have been the last eight hundred years. Yeah, but then there were moments when it was quite scary as well. When there's Nick, a, a some they think is a virgin that they're trying to capture, and so he's trying to escape the house, and vampires keep appearing. That's quite dark, actually. Though. Yes, yeah, they managed to make it quite frightening. Because I always think, yeah, when you said it's understated, but there were some parts where it was. I mean, there's some there's some white work, for gory, example. Yeah, gory moments as well. It had some there's genuine, a lot of yeah, blood. some genuine horror scares, and some really. Yeah, some really. When he accidentally, he, when he bites the girl and hits the artery, hits the artery and it's just spraying <laughs> everywhere, and he's trying to drink it like a coke can, you know, like a coke can that's sort of split open. It's it's both really funny, but also like uh, I was really wretched grim, watching yeah. it. Yeah, there's a beautifully shot bit where the new vampire doesn't realise he can't eat solids anymore, and he eats a chip, and then he just vomits and vomits blood into the road, and it's dark, and it's kind of backlit by a streetlight. Yeah, there's just this. It's it's actually quite lovely looking, but also so horrible because it's someone puking in the street. Helen Helen S, what what were your thoughts on what we do in the shadows? Oh, I love it. It's had great. you seen it before? I had, yeah. I saw it at the cinema and I'd seen it when it first came onto Netflix as well. So, yeah, I've seen it. Did it times. stand up to a repeat? I think those kind of improvised comedies stand up to repeat viewings because so many of the, so much of the comedy comes from little turns of phrase or because, I guess because it's they're, they're off, it's often shot in the three shots so you're watching all three of them together. They're all kind of doing their own thing and mm. you're sort of, you know, you could probably just watch one character and that would you know, you'd get a different thing each time if you just sort of focused on just on Jermaine Clement or just on... Like Mike Figgis' time code. Absolutely, yeah. If you could, if you just cordoned off a bit of the screen and just watched the top corner. <laughs> yeah. I thought the guy playing Deacon was amazing and I looked him up and he's not really done anything. Oh. He's not, like, he's, like his website is, how is it a movie? <laughs> That's genuinely like, there's a big button on his website going, click on here to find out more about a movie I was in. That's nice. Which is lovely, yeah. It's I mean, exciting to be in the movies. He's not really done much apart from this, but he was he was amazingly funny. He was so good. I, I would imagine there are not that many films being made in New Zealand. Yes. I imagine the New Zealand comedy scene is fairly small as well, and they're all... And it's all them. Yeah, yes, it's, it's basically all, yeah. them. Jermaine Clement and Flight of Concords and Reese. Reese Darby. Reese Darby, yeah. Lo- lovely yeah. to have a bit of Reese Darby in this film. I like Absolutely. the fact that they brought in werewolves. Like True Blood would bring in another different supernatural race. Tube. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they did that a bit, but in, in a more underplayed way. I like the line, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, apparently they're doing, and again, I, I, there's a couple of spin-off movies apparently. I don't know either. Really? But one of them is going to be following the werewolves around called We're Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> But I, lo- I love that. It, 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 it reminded me a bit of the scene in Anchorman when the two news teams meet. Yeah. And then you know, there's a fight. It's, it's exactly, off, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it's basically just, it's, it's basically just, you know, young people hanging out and getting into trouble, isn't it? It's and they just really, happen to be vampires. Happen to be vampires and They happen to need human blood. And Specifically virgin's blood. Virgin, well, virgin's the best blood, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I, I liked how they explained that. And it was Jermaine Clement saying, if you ate a sandwich, you would enjoy it more knowing no one had fucked it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's full of stuff. Because like, again, they, it's very they... quotable. There's, there's yeah. so many little bits in it that I think watching it again, you sort of almost join in. I know I found myself kind of joining in a little bit I think the in a quote along. Yeah, the repeat, repeat viewing supposed to be quite high in this. Is that nod to the Lost Boys where they had the biscotti? Look what you're eating. It's worms. <laughs> you see, now I've not seen the Lost Boys, so I know that. I mean, they mentioned that they're referencing the Lost yeah. Boys, but I've got. I don't know what the. I don't know what the what the what the thing was in that. What's the what's the what happens in the Lost Boys? I saw it when I was, I think, seven, so I can't remember. I've seen one bit of the Lost Boys, which is a Keith guy without a shirt playing the saxophone, which well, my friend showed me. You should me. watch the Lost Boys because okay, it, it I'm is writing it down. brilliant. But the Lost yeah, Boys. he's he's he's, he's eating something and makes it look like it's worms. So it is that simple. Mm. Yeah, right. But yeah, it's awesome. The soundtrack to that is pretty awesome as well. Oh, I've heard the soundtrack. Yeah. I'm not a complete philistine, <laughs> but uh, I haven't seen the film. I'm not like a, I'm not big up on my '80s movies. Mm. But, that surprises me. Yeah, I think people would assume I like that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the stuff I watch from the '80s is like Hal Hartley movies and stuff that make me seem <laughs> clever, you know. But not, I haven't seen the Lost Boys. But I would, I would love to, because again, I, mean, I keep mentioning Spinal Tap, but it was shot in the same way. Yeah. I would love to see, I bet you they've got some phenomenal outtakes. Uh, outtakes. Mm. Like Spinal Tap, basically, when they put out the DVD a few years ago, had a whole other disc that was another movie that was all the same characters, a completely different sort of story. I bet you could do the same thing. I think the plot emerged as they were shooting it. They just started, started shooting it. It's funny because it's a way of getting, like a lot of great comedies come out of improvisation. So many of the Judd Apatow, Adam McKay, is uh, it Adam McKay? Yeah, well, Adam, Adam McKay did Anchorman. Yeah, exactly. A load of them came out of, you know, big, long improvised scenes. It's just interesting. It doesn't seem to happen that often. Well, the, the difference with Judd Apatow and Adam McKay is that they kind of sit in the improvised scene for far too long. And their films are like two and a half hours when they, oh, don't, they yeah. just don't need to be. Yeah. And you, you, 85 you just, minutes. 85 minutes. Loved it. That's what you need to do. Just cut it short, cut it, make it really I do like a short really film. Mm. It's, there's something very satisfying about yeah. knowing that the film's going to be over soon. And I know that <laughs> makes it seem like I don't enjoy films. I do. I like to know how long I've got to enjoy them for, Absolutely, though. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's just like if you're watching a YouTube video, there's going to be a point when you bring the cursor over the screen and see how much more there is to be to be seen, no matter how much you're enjoying it. And that's it. what you can do with Netflix as well. Just kind you of do it with Netflix, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think, I think especially with comedies, I, I find it very, very hard to justify a comedy that's over 90 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. This... I, I think also if this was over 90 minutes, it would probably have to have a more conventional plot arc. And I was quite glad that it didn't, where it was portraying the vampire's life and there was a bit of development as well, but... That you were just watching it, you weren't really watching it to see a narrative unfold. You're just watching it to see them hang out with each other. Yeah, but I think that is often when the weaknesses show up in comedy things when they go on too long and they're sort of forced into some kind of narrative. Yeah, it doesn't really have the same sort of third act problems that a lot of comedy films have when they're like, we've got to tie this story up because it's sort of it's a bit like a you know it's sort of train tracks, isn't it? Where you're laying down the train tracks as the movie's going along. Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, exactly. It's a Wallace and Gromit style style plot. I've realised who he looks like, not just Gary Oldman. We've got him up on the screen here. Who, 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 he looks you've got to, like. You've got to describe who you're. Uh, talking we're talking about, about uh, Jermaine Clement's character, Vladis, Vladislav. Everyone I know fancies Jermaine Clement. Vlad the, Vladislav the poker. Vladislav the poker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He looks like in Deadwood, Lovejoy's character oh, in Deadwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Al Swearingen. Al Swearingen, yeah. Does look like a young Ian McShane. Yeah. He could, if they're going to do like a Deadwood reboot. That's who I would go for. Jermaine Clement follows the illusionist on Twitter. Therefore, ah. he's probably a great guy. I think he is a great I guy. Think he is. I think he is. So yeah. you're saying everyone fancies Jermaine Clement. That's everyone, I've, yeah. That's, that's interesting to, to me. Do you fancy Jermaine Clement? I do fancy everyone, him, yeah. Everyone, but then sorry. I also fancy Brett McKenzie. Yes. Now, Gorgeous now he's got an Oscar. 
well, this is, yeah. I, I, I fancy him even more. But now I also fancy Taika Waititi as well. So I like, I, I don't think I could watch any more of these movies. What about Reese Darby? Just like famous, I, famous Kiwi comedians. I, it's more of a friend zone thing, I think. I've, okay. I've, 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 Reese Darby came on our podcast once. Did so he? yes, Flatshare Slam Down. He did one of the Flatshare Slam Downs in Edinburgh. If you want to listen to it, it's a British comedy guy that's still there. We'll link to it in the show notes. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so it's weird. It'd be weirder if I was like, yeah, I do. Because I've sort of met him. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the Flight of the Concourse guys. Sexy, talented. They're like the anti-pappies. <laughs> Well, this is a question I have for you guys. Do you think, because this is New Zealand is, is a tiny country, and mm. although they're not that prolific in films, this, the recent films they put out there, uh, Hunt for the World of People being the latest one, mm. are really good, high quality, fun films. But the UK doesn't seem to do that when they, with their films. Is there something missing? Is there something that puppies can do? Yeah, Matthew, why haven't you fixed why, the UK films? Why haven't I fixed the UK film industry? You could I, be the new Richard Curtis. I'd love, no, I'd love that. I'd absolutely, <laughs> I'd absolutely love that. I, yeah, it's, it's a good point, isn't it? I mean, well, I mean, Do you think that's just our perspective? Because we're here, so we see we get the, the good, good and the bad ones. Whereas right. if you're, like, we only hear about the good New Zealand films. I mean, bear in mind, we have only mentioned films that Taika Waititi's made as well. <laughs> so it might just be that he's a very good director and it's irrespective they've of the fact he's... They've got Peter Jackson as well. They've got yeah. Peter Jackson, but... Like, I mean, he sort of works with the Hollywood system, doesn't he? Whereas mm. Taika Waititi is still a, a New Zealand filmmaker. Although Peter Jackson's early stuff, I love Heavenly... Bad Taste. Have you seen Bad Taste, no, his Heavenly first movie? Heavenly Creatures, his second film though, isn't it? And that's I think no. he did Brain Dead, then he did oh, Heavenly right. Creatures. So he did a couple of like really shocky, but, but Bad Taste is amazing. He's the star of it as well. He's like the main character in it. Yeah, you're a fan of Bad Taste, aren't you? I've seen all of the Peter Jackson early films. I mean, Brain Dead, I think, is quite a big influence on this. It's a little definitely bit very in the, similar. The tone, yeah. yeah. But Bad Taste is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, and absolutely. Heavenly Creatures is very beautiful. Yeah. But also, there's. I was surprised when I went back and watched Heavenly Creatures, having seen some of Lord of the Rings, that it prefigured that because there are all the sort of fantasy sequences in it. Oh, right. I've never seen that. That's the one, is that Kate Winslet? It one? is, yes. yeah. The first Kate really Winslet, good. Melanie Linsky. It's terrific. It's based people. on a true story as well, isn't it? It of, is. Of, yeah. of Two schoolgirls who, who murder one of their mothers. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. He it also was very did, dull, but very yeah. beautiful. He also did Meet the Feebles as well. Do you remember that? He did. Which is like yeah. a sort of weird... Muppets. Like a backstage at the Muppets, but they're all shagging each other. Puppet swearing, basically. I've not come across this. Have you, Cody? No, not at all. Not at all. Are you, yeah. are you a Peter Jackson completist? I don't know, because I've not seen The Hobbit. I said no, yeah. yeah. Is it, are you considering it non-canonical? For yeah. your own convenience. Yeah, have you, seen, I mean, have I, you seen The Lovely Bones, though? That oh, is I have, one I have of the seen that, yeah. worst films I've ever seen in my life. The book's not great, though. The book's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The book's awful, and it's I didn't not a nice, realize... It's nothing, not a nice There's book. nothing nice about not it, nice and premise, it's called The it? Lovely Bones, and it's... There's nothing it's, wrong with the bones. Also, it's, there's a there's a it's weird, a weird heaven thing and I think Mark Wahlberg that, and it's, well, Mark Wahlberg's not in the book to be fair, <laughs> um, which is a bonus. But I I read the book because uh, I was working with a woman and she was like, I stayed up all night to read this. You have to read this. So I stayed up the next night to read it and I thought the beginning I was like this is very promising and then it just sort of flatlined and then just plummeted. There's also a terrible weird. weird sex scene. Yes, where like she possesses. Her school friend. She possesses her school friend, but they're all still a bit too young to be having sex. And her if, sister's like having sex dead. at 12 under a boat. And, yeah. You know. So, um, it's by the by, Peter Jackson. So the film is, I've not watched the film. So basically what we've established you say is... No, no, say no to the film yeah. Lovely Bones. I mean, if you've already done the book, then you really don't need to do the film. Yeah, okay, because the film also has Marky Mark and I'm, I'm happier without Marky Mark. You prefer him with the Funky Bunch, don't yeah. you? I, if, he's, if Marky Mark's <laughs> going to be involved, the Funky Bunch have to also be there. The, uh, the, other, the other New Zealand film I can think of is that isn't a, ta a Taika Waititi one is Whale Rider. Is that 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That was eagle versus shark. That is Takara Sito. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you see, that's yeah, this is the problem. Gets a bit narrow. Don't they make great movies? And what you mean is this one dude who is good looking <laughs> yeah. and funny makes really great movies. And Jermaine Clements in all. And Jermaine Clements, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everyone loves Jermaine Clements. Who does? Who doesn't? The only one um, I can't I can think of is Once for Warriors. Oh yeah, it wasn't the piano New Zealand. Oh, yeah, Jane Campion is yeah, and female as well. We go. So they've made, they've made a few, but rather sporadically. And then I bet uh, they're making films all the time. We just yeah, don't see them. Exactly. We just don't see them. Any New Zealand listeners? Do you have news? I'm sure you do. New Zealand we listeners. Have, we have I would a, hope so. a lady. Yes, who, she's now based in Auckland. She used to be based in London. She listens. We talked about Hunt for the World of People when it came out. Mm. Well, can you uh, please tweet us and tell us: Is the New Zealand film industry in rude health, or is it dying on its ass like we clearly think it is? Well, they've got Thor. Thor's they've one got of theirs Thor's now. Got, yeah. Thor's does that there. does that count? Yeah. Is he going to make it in New Zealand? I think he's been. Uh, he might be making it in Australia. I think it's but, Australian made. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but same difference. Close, it's close. Same difference, right? <laughs> the point is, it's not being made in Hollywood. So yeah. that's a that's that a score counts. for Australia and New Zealand collectively, if they'll share that glory. So what was his? What was his? What did he do before he made Flight of the Concords? How did he know those guys? What was Taika the Taika Waititi? Taika I think because Flight of the Concords was kind of going in. It was just Jermaine and Brett, wasn't it? And they were just kind of hanging around with each other. And Taika was making films. His, the first film he actually wanted to make was Hunt for the Wilder People, wow. which is what came out last year. That's amazing. And That's they, the long but game. he started doing, he, he made Eagle vs. Shark and just got all his mates involved. So he's just been one of these people who's just got a camera and started making films and seeing what happens, you know, nice. and things like that. I've just realised that I've only I've seen every Taika Waititi film I've seen has been on a plane. <laughs> so maybe I'm really doing them a disservice. Maybe they're not meant to be seen on the nine-inch screen. Can I just say that's it, it, it made you recording this podcast very expensive because you had to buy a plane ticket as well. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't just have the to... The only way I will watch them. <laughs> and it wasn't a cheap plane because now EasyJet easy and those like guys they don't, don't have films. Don't yeah. have films well, Helen flew to New Zealand. Now, <laughs> she went really method on it. I she refused got... to get out the plane. I just went to the films. <laughs> Back to the film, yeah. So I... Yes. That, that, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> we digress. I, I saw um, Flight of the Concords pretty early on in their in their career because they... Um, I was in Edinburgh at the Fringe in 2002 and every night all the comedians I knew would go down to this game. They were like, they're just these guys and like none of them knew who they were. But after midnight, everyone would go down to their venue, which was... It was like a cellar. It was like really dripping wet arches. The Gilded Balloon arches, what are they supposed to be? The caves? Is that the like caves, a railway yeah. arch? Yes, yeah, So yeah. like dank, dank, like properly dank, small... You kind of have to sit with or your... Is it, or is it the underbelly? Might be now. They might have, okay. they, they might the, have changed hands. Yes, the Gilded Balloon, I think, have, I think some of that even burnt down. But yeah, yeah. It's, I think just the tonic look after the yeah. caves now. But anyway, imagine but you're under a railway arch very, and, yeah. it, and it's gross. And then there are these two guys in there with amazing patter that is very downplayed, like, like in these films, yeah. and playing these songs that are really funny. And I think some of those songs... You didn't make it into their TV show, but it was just really fun. And every night we would go because every night it was a bit different. And I was like, "How do they? How, how do they, they do, do it? it?" Yeah. And and I remember someone going to see it, and they were like, "They seem because they're so downplayed and so natural." My friend saw it and was like, "I don't like the songs are really funny, but I don't know if they're in on the joke of how funny the two of them talking <laughs> is because it just seems like two guys having a chat who like they almost kind of." It's, it's, it's again it's, it's like what we do in the shadows they made a feature of kind of how boring and mundane they could be <laughs> yeah well and, i, and I heard an interview with uh, james bobit who's the guy who directed i think he directed the first muppet film right yeah and he was the guy that brought in brett brett mckenzie yeah i think he did he did some work with like the concords as well and he said the first time he saw those guys live he thought it was all the pattern was kind of just 
New Zealand kind of draw, but he yeah. realised when, when working with them, they actually put in all the pauses and all the ums and ahs, and they'd really kind of tailored that kind of aspect wow. of it. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's, he said the whole thing kind of put together was just magnificent. So. It's a bit like when people watch The Office, uh, you know, the, the British Office, people assume it's that's improvised in the set because it's in that sort of mockumentary style. Yeah. People assume it's improvised and then you read the scripts and you're like, no, actually every single line is poured over. I guess there's two ways of doing it. You, yeah. either, you, either, you either go the, the office route of being meticulous about every single word or you, well, shoot, you shoot for 120, 120 hours, hours and go, <laughs> oh, well, hopefully we get a funny Calm 85 out. minutes yeah. out of this. That is a bad proportion, isn't it? No, but oh, I bet you, well, 1%. it depends because they shot it with the New Zealand documentary company so i assume sh- like so, was uh, that a real though i didn't yeah I because it was made in in conjunction with them so i okay. assume they just kind of had a documentary team and then presumably your costs aren't quite as expensive because you're not shooting like a hollywood movie so it means that you, you can you can shoot dirty and you don't have to set up shots in quite the same way because you're tr- just trying to capture what's happening so i i, I mean i'm not a lot of night shoots a mm. lot of night shoots well it has to be yeah well, that's, that's the start of the film as well he opens the curtains this is the scariest part. This is the scariest part. He's, oh my God. I was so charmed by him as well. I was so gutted when I found out he was the director. He's, just he's generally... got a particular face that he pulls with his teeth. Which Yeah, yeah he does that like slightly yeah. sheepish kind of. Ooh. But sometimes this sort of excitement, like when he's about to eat somebody and he's sort of. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's got that. He's got the lady on the, on the, um, on the couch. And in, in the meeting beforehand, he says, if we're going to have the ladies in the couch, we need to lay down the newspaper. So, so he's there, like, laying all these towels down. How was your day? Oh, good, nice. And then he's Yeah, just, yeah. He's having a really nice. polite conversation, which is actually, it's both kind of very funny, but again, quite horrible. Super dark, yeah. Because he's, yeah, he's, he's about to murder her. It's, oh, it, it was, it was yeah. Those, those, those scenes, I think, were... It's very hard to pull off making your characters murderers, but also incredibly lovable. Yeah, like, and just normal. And just normal, well. yeah, like, yeah. There's no glamour in it. It's not interview with a vampire or anything where no. you're like, oh, uncomfortable in being a murderer, but not. There's nothing sexy about them. Even even Deacon's erotic dance, <laughs> which I love. That when Nick comes around and knocks on the window, Deacon's like, I'm doing an erotic dance for my friends. I just like the idea that that's the way bored. they spend. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've had, done they've done everything. And yeah. it's that, that thing with Nick as well, when he becomes a vampire, it's like, Nick's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it when they had scenes that were just filmed out on the town. It really reminded me of watching Ibiza Uncovered or something oh, like God, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, t- it's totally like that. It feels like, I mean, I, again, I assume they just went out with them on nights out and had a stack of release forms. <laughs> it's just like, you've just, chat. you know, it's almost like... It's almost like the what um, Scott Johansson did for Under the Skin. Yeah. You know, just dri- just driving around and seeing what seeing what happens. I wonder how you I mean I, I guess the reason Hollywood doesn't do that sort of thing is that you just can't what do you do? What do you do when you go to a, go into a, a pitch meeting and go, I've got these funny mates. <laughs> They're just really good. They just you should see them. They're really funny. Just think, let us film them. Yeah, I think this kind of film, you just have to get on with it and then yeah. then release it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly you find you're doing Thor. <laughs> should we should we go into the scoring? We have mm. anything else to chat about on the general vibe of the film? I think everyone's quite positive about it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I feel. Do you like think you would have enjoyed the cobbler more? I feel like we could have had a better argument about the cobbler because I think I've got a re- like, and again, I know we've gone back to the cobbler again, but I've got a real soft spot for Adam Sandler. I think he is a naturally funny person, and I know that's, that's the point. Though he's. He's letting himself down. See, this is exactly <laughs> the kind of discussion I wanted to have. Whereas, <laughs> and you brought it in there. Anyway. Whereas yeah. Jermaine, Jermaine Clement, also a naturally funny person, 
but has sort of ma the material and the people around him to match. I think it's I think it's quite. It, Adam Sandler feels like he's lost in his own films. He's not an underdog, Adam Sandler. He's still one of the highest paid oh, people no, in Oh, no, I don't think he's an, an, an underdog at all, but I find watching him absolutely delightful. <laughs> it's okay. sort of the dream, isn't it? That's no. A, I, I, yeah, but... That's an opinion that's not shared with the rest of this table. Mm -hmm. I mean, you actually like some of his films, though. Yeah, I do, I think. Well, some of them are right. And actually, the film Funny People, talking about Judd, Judd Apatow, Funny People, which is Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen, I think it's actually quite. I think there's a really good film in there with Adam yeah. Sandler, but it's two and a half hours long as yeah. a comedy. So guys, just wind it in a bit. And it's just... like yeah, that's the problem with Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow and his funny mates. That's this, what happens when you yeah. go in Hollywood. I've yeah. got some funny mates. That's right, actually. Yeah. This is forty minutes too long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was odd because I was I was watching that idly and just like I'm pretty ready for it to finish now. Oh, it's only the third act out of five. Yeah, and again, the plot isn't important. No, I checked he Wikipedia and it wasn't. He cares so much about like funny cameos from musicians that he really likes. There's a big, long James Taylor thing. And anyway, but here's one for you, though, on, on Adam Sandler, before we get to the scores, because I do want to do these scores. Have you seen Punch Drunk Love? Because that's tricky for someone who's into, into credible movies. Paul Thomas Anderson. It's an arty type movie. I have seen it, but I haven't seen it for a while. I yeah. can't remember hating it. And That is the one I, that people I pull don't out of the bag like for it. Adam Sandler. Yeah. It's the last ditch attempt of the desperate, is what yeah. you're saying, Kobe. It is, yeah. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. It is, it is, and that's only 90 minutes long. I know, I have seen it, but Paul Thomas Anderson as when well, it came that's... out. Yeah, same. I don't remember much about it. I remember not really getting on with it. Yeah, not really needing to go back to revisit that one, whereas the other ones, like obviously Magnolia. I've seen I thought you the other, the other Adam Sandler movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Water Boy, I've watched it 17 times. <laughs> I, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> enough <laughs> films where like the main plot is the discontentment of a white guy. He's just a man-child, isn't he? Can I... Well, actually, that's very interesting you bring that up. Going back to what we do in the shadows, this was my one frustration with it, was that... And I appreciate it's New Zealand, but it did seem like they'd got these three, possibly four, very funny central characters, and then they just kept introducing more men. Like, that's yeah, my, if, I had to, if I had to put any one, criticism... The one it, lady was there to the serve. Slave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the beast. Yeah, or, or the, the beast. Or the beast, yeah. yeah. It did seem like... Yeah. You know, they brought in Nick, and you're like, oh, there's Nick, and then they brought in Stu, and there's, there's Stu as well. It just seemed like they were constantly bringing in more and more guys. Yeah. Is that meant to show that these these are sort of child men who are, like, not really capable of interacting like adults, even though they're hundreds of years old? I, I think know. it, yeah, I think it absolutely was, but for a... Is it just because all their funny mates are male? All their funny mates are blokes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. It was quite good the family got her, she became a vampire at the end, and then yes. she's yeah. there with her husband. Yeah, that spoiler. was great. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, they're all, this is all spoilerful, isn't it? going to the scores yes so the the first score we talk about is the recommendability score out visual out of five how much would you recommend this to other people to watch uh scoring it out of 10 i said 10 so, so I'll, I'll cut that down to five yeah just do the half do the maths yeah i would recommend it because it is brief first of all so you don't feel like you're taking too much people's time and it pays off pretty well i tend to not like vampire stuff and i liked this so i reckon it would work for a lot of people so out of five what does that translate to that's translate to five <laughs> I wasn't scoring it 10 out of 14. <laughs> <laughs> Not that arbitrary. Just because I ignored the fact that you said score it out of 5 when you wrote that down. I literally didn't see that either. So all my scores are out of 10. But I'm doing the mental calibration. You're so brave. Oh. Thanks very much. I, I'm i going to give that then a 4.2. Oh. oh. What happened to the point eight? Uh, no, I'm good. I, I, I think it's a. I think it's definitely the sort of movie that I would recommend to a bunch of people. But I can totally see somebody watching it and going... 
it's not a cult. It's not, you know, like it's it's that very kind funny? of yes. I yeah. and I can I can I've, I'm picturing a specific person. Hello, if you're listening. Who is it, Alex? But not your Alex. No, which my Alex. Your Alex. But I could imagine him watching it and going, "Yeah, that's where are the gags." And I like <laughs> you could then go, "Oh, here are the gags." Here are the, but you know, like it's so if you if you love if you love out and out comedies, you know. I'm 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 talking Billy Madison. I'm talking Happy Gilmore. No. I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking the Wedding Singer. I'm talking Little Nicky. If you like a proper comedy, I'll allow the Wedding Singer. Then yeah, I was going to say Wedding Singer is acceptable. That's all I wanted was for you to say one Adam Sandler movie is acceptable. <laughs> he I've, peaked too early. I feel he did. No, he's, he continues to peak. <laughs> he's he's you plateauing. He's plateauing. He can't peak at sea level. <laughs> you can, that's the fir- that's the first rule of the sailor's code, isn't it? <laughs> But yes, I go, go, go 4.2. 4.2. Helen. Helen S. Five. Yeah. I don't think there should be anyone who hasn't seen this film. It's funny. It's silly. Really short. <laughs> it kind of... There has been a little bit of a foray into comedy and horror together. And when it works, it can be really good. And I think this kind of brings together the really kind of gory elements of horror that some people might not be agreeable with. But the way it's done in the style that it's done you can kind of like go, I, oh i don't really uh, like it but going back to that case with Stu, that was that, that was quite tense but then you have jermaine's clement face on the cats yeah, it's, <laughs> mo- yeah. it's moments of there's, there's sort of genuine jumps yeah uh, but also moments of real big comedy <laughs> could turn myself into a cat it's like it's like shawn of the dead in that respect isn't it it's yeah. like the, the the horror is done it's done with a like a, a love of the genre like, like they're clearly yeah. they're not taking the piss out of vampire movies so much as they see how ridiculous they can be but yeah uh, i totally agree when you talk about sean and dead actually those guys the cornetto trilogy guys are probably the, that kind of ilk in terms of making films in the uk that have independence and they've got class and they've got yes totally. got kind of quality about them absolutely yeah and again they use the same sort of pool of people, people in, all it, their, yeah. in all their films yeah but I still want still want a puppy's movie that's one yeah I mean, you are in a very, very small pool of people who are requesting for that at the two, moment. Two on this yeah. side. Two, two people. It'd be... It depends if it's going to have well, Adam Sandler is... in it, really. Yeah, that is, that's... I there think if Adam people... in it, it becomes an Adam Sandler movie. You can't call it a Pappy's movie anymore. More people wanted but, uh... this than that Adam Sandler series on Netflix that got everyone angry about its portrayal of Native Americans. That was the Ridiculous Six, which is I watched yeah. 20 minutes of. Well done. Yeah, I know. I'm I quite... think you need a medal or something for that. Unless you watched it for your own enjoyment, in which case you should have. I known. watched it to test myself. <laughs> You've got it. It's a bit like uh, in Mean Streets when he like puts his hand over the flame. Yeah, it's that sort of it thing. It's like thing, just to it? build, you know, to, to to make you stronger, to develop those critical faculties, Absolutely. to make sure you're not getting lazy. Puts me in the top five percent. I read on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give. I, I think four point nine because I think there are people like you said. There'll be there'll be the other person who's just like, why am I watching this? Yeah. And but for everyone else, they'll just get it and just be. Belts by it. on Netflix, it would be recommended under that because you watched quirky comedy. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? It's like that sort of thing where you go, it's, it's definitely funny. It's full of it's full of big laughs, but I could totally see somebody watching it and going, that's not that's yeah. not what I think a comedy is. But if you've scored it four point nine out of five, that means one in fifty people won't get it. Yeah, I think that's that's yeah. a fair yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, seems fair enough. Repeat viewing score. A personal repeat viewing score five. I, I genuinely would have watched it again straight away afterwards. I, I found it. I found it brilliant. I could watch that guy who plays Deacon in anything, <laughs> which is not great for him. He's done one thing. Also... He's my favourite character. I think he's so funny. I think the idea of a non-sexy guy finding himself, people who find themselves sexy, just makes me laugh. 
and he's he's wonderful. So I definitely just purely for his performance alone, five. He has got a lot of good moments actually. Right from the start, it's the. He's got yeah, good wardrobe. You, yeah, but you think I'm cool, right? That's yeah. not the point. Yeah. Oh, oh and he, ha- cool. he has the amazing hand knitted jumper. Yes. Oh. And it's just yeah, for half the scene, half the film is just he's uh, always knitting. knitting. Yeah. God, yeah. Hipster. Yeah. He's, so, he's like the rock star vampire, isn't he? Yeah. He is. Yeah. The young yeah. one. It doesn't. Yeah, he's the young one as well. He looks. <laughs> he's like 189 <laughs> years old. Yeah, but he also looks like he's 40. You know, like he's like he's not like a young looking. You know, like he's, if he was hanging out with a bunch of 17 year olds, it looked really weird. But he's like the cool guy. Yeah. yeah. But Jermaine Clement was supposed to have been vampired at 16 and yes. he's right. but, yeah. 40 when he's playing this <laughs> you know we had a very tough 16 years that's yeah. why I look like this yeah. that is it, it's slightly more plausible than Matt Damon playing an 18 year old in Beyond the Candelabra yes is that true. how it's supposed to be isn't it yeah which oh. really changed the dynamic of the film for me yeah that makes it a bit more could they have not found yeah. someone who was 18? They, I'm sure they could have found someone who was elite, like would at least pass for 18 Matt Damon like, was 25 40-ish. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think he passes for late twenties pretty well, but it does change the dynamic—the fact that he's not just passed out of childhood. No. Anyway, that's it's, not this film. It's so, very much the uh, the James Van Der Beek playing a fifteen-year-old in Dawson's Creek. It's very much like that. A little bit, except except I think it's more of a plot hole in right. this film sure. than in Dawson's Creek, which sure. I think manages to get around that. How old was James Van Der Beek when he played Dawson? Forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good on it. Repeat the score, Helen. I didn't enjoy it quite as much the second time around, but I think maybe because I was watching critically for our purposes, oh, really? rather than just watching to discover what it is. You have your iPad Mini in front of you. Were you typing notes on that at the time, or was that? I have you transposed well, them from? I was typing on my laptop, and then it is it's in a Google Doc, so it's like you know we're getting technical here. Sure. It's just updated. Talk us through places. your process, Helen. <laughs> what gear are you using at the moment? But there's loads of detail, so I think over my lifetime, I could watch it several more times. So I would say, it. are we scoring this per number of repeat views we could do, or just on the repeat viewing quality? The repeat viewing quality, I okay. guess. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, that's... I know kind of, kind of how you feel, yeah. whether you think you're going to watch it again oh, yes. in the next year or so, maybe. Four. I'm giving it a four. So you said five, Matt, didn't you? Yes, please. Helen, S. I'm going to go for a five. She's, you, yeah, you've already I'd... lived it. This is it. I, I, I want to watch it again now we're talking about it. Yeah. I just think it's it's really easy to watch. And it's also a kind of film that I could probably watch having missed the first 20 minutes yes. and watch again, sort of not knowing I'm going to catch the end of it and still really enjoy it and probably find that there's little bits that I missed or that I forgot they, were, that they happened. Like I forgot about the bit where Jermaine turns into the cat, which is <laughs> completely ridiculous. And now it's in my head and I like cats. So, yeah. Uh, five that's, that's so, so true though because I, I watched the second half of it with my wife she was working and then she got in and, and she just started watching it I hadn't seen the first half and it's it's so immediately funny and the dynamic is so immediately clear that it, you don't need to have yeah. seen the whole film it's yeah. like watching sketches it almost. is it's very sketchy yeah it's yeah. very sort of it's almost like a sketch comedy movie yeah. what about your repeat viewing score my repeat viewing score is I'd say five I think I'd happily watch this a couple of times a year simple to watch always put a smile on your face and there's just so many bits, like you say. I just I forgot. I forgot about them about them playing with the bow and arrow, trying to in, get the bow and arrow into the dartboard and hitting him in the thigh. Yeah. I forgot about the, the kicking in the taekwondo, like flying through the air. There's just so many like little. That's one thing that they do really well and really simply is the the simple special effect of them being able to fly up. Yeah, you know, it's, it, or to the, when they're having a fight all round each 
sort of level yeah, of that was, really, uh, that was like like inception wasn't it yes. it was some point yeah. inception sorry i didn't explain what i was i i, I was doing this with my hands isn't of no use to the at home listener i'll describe it you know how in the late 90s early noughts boy bands would often do videos where they were like in a cuboid which would slowly rotate so it looked like they were kind of i think dancing on the wall but the pinnacle the pinnacle is uh, Lionel Richie's dancing on the ceiling yes that's right yeah yeah Uh, although are you thinking Jamiroquai you're thinking thinking of virtual insanity no no, that's slidey floors it's not slidey floors NSYNC in space or something like that NSYNC in space yes she knows Uh, there's a really good video (laughs) on how that virtual insanity thing was made but it's like a fixed camera and they move they move the walls they move the walls but they don't rotate the walls no, yeah. you're right. And actually, it's not really got anything to do with Why what we do in the shadows. Why did you have to bring up Jamiroquai again every I think that, time? That was me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, but yes, it's that, that's a very simple special effect done brilliantly. Yeah. It looks really, really good. And never takes away... You're never watching the special effect. It doesn't take away from the comedy or the, from the, from the performance. I mean, it also is personal. I like to think that there are actually vampires in New Zealand living around, living their lives like that. I mean, Yeah, could well. Be, yeah. Don't be charmed by a hipster. <laughs> A dandy hipster. A dandy hipster on the town. <laughs> but it, it is weird that all of the core vampires in this film at the start, before they create some more, are Eastern European mm. and German. Yeah. It's um, a good accent to be able to do those, isn't it? I suppose. With a hint of New Zealand's coming through because they've assimilated. <laughs> Small screen score. So this is how how relevant do you think it is to watching on Netflix? Do you feel the need to watch it in the cinema? Do you think you missed out from not watching it in a cinema? Well, I couldn't say because I first watched it on a plane. So yeah. that's about as bad a screen as you can get. And if I was missing stuff, I didn't know. I watched it on my fairly large television today and was happy with it. So I think it translates to small... But I don't think you want to watch it on the smallest screen because there is a lot of visual detail in many of the frames. Yeah. And shame to miss some of that. So how does that translate out of five? I'd say, I'd say 4.5. But treat yourself to something that is not your phone. Yeah, I'd say watching anything on a phone is pretty tricky, isn't it? There's not much that you really want to... Might as well just listen to it at that point. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, I don't know. If, yeah, I think I think maybe like 4.6 or 7. It's like, mm-hmm. it's it's about, it's not really about the visual spectacle. It's about the... Yeah, let's go with 4.7. Like, it's about the sort of... It's about the comedy performances. And I, I, I watched it on my laptop. It was great, yeah. yeah. I go 4.5. I did see this at the cinema and it was quite nice to have that shared comedy moment, which... That's true, though. If you're obviously watching at home alone, then it's not as fun. So I would probably say, if you haven't seen this yet, maybe find someone to watch it with. Lovely. And have have a lovely romantic night in watching this wonderful (laughs) documentary. That's a different question, though. Yeah. Yeah, you've already had the recommendability question, Helen. Hang on a second. That's a different question. Is it better to watch it on your own in your sad old flat with none of your mates on your or, phone. or with loads of mates around. It would obviously be better with mates around, wouldn't it? Isn't that true of all? Most well, comedy no, films, certainly. Not, well, not all films, but I think that I'm just saying that it doesn't get a five because it does, for it me, suffers. it did have a benefit of watching it the first time around as a shared experience. Got it. And then subsequently with a smaller crowd and on a smaller screen. What but, do you think is a good film? This is a, like just a tangential question. A good film to watch on your own? Shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you a story about is that. Is that the... I, I, that's the Steve, that's, Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen movie yeah, yeah, about okay. Michael Fassbender and his, uh, his sex addiction and his yeah. slightly uncomfortable relationship with my, with my then girlfriend now wife and surprise we're still together. Well, we loved it. It's not a date film, is it? Well, I watched it on the, on New Year's Day in Paris 
having got engaged at midnight the night before, we got up and we were like, let's just walk down the Boulevard Saint-Germain and do something. I didn't realise that New Year's Day in Paris, basically everything shuts, there's nothing's open. So there was one cinema that was showing <laughs> British films and they were like, what's starting now? And they're like, this film, shame. I was like, yeah, I can't want to see that. We watched that. I mean, that, that, the marriage could have almost been over yeah. before it began. It's, that is, it, it's, it's definitely not a date movie, but it's not the first movie you watch just after getting engaged. No. And yet it was. Yep, we then and yet hired a hotel room high above the city, glass windows, and had a really <laughs> wonderful time. I'm, I think four point. I would like to see this in a cinema, not because of the visuals, but I think it'd be it's a good fun film to watch with other people. Mm-hmm. So this is. Uh, but your living room would suffice, right? My living room would suffice. That's why it's, it's four point five. But if it was, and I, I love the Prince Charles cinema for these kind of films, and mm. they pull out totally, like that. yeah. So if it was, if I was walking by the Prince Charles and had some time to kill, and this was on, I'd definitely go in and and watch it with, with and a masked audience. So, yeah, four point five, I think. So engagement score. Um, How engaged were you whilst watching the film? Did you feel the need to? I hope stick all with the it? sort of announcements that you had to listen to had already gone, so you didn't have to not listen to yeah. the emergency things. I, I saved control. it for mid-flight because then they. They don't interrupt and pause the film yeah. much, so that's when I watch the good the, the films that I care about. I would say, so the criterion you put on the engagement score is how difficult would it be for you to turn off the film once you started watching it? And I don't think it's a criticism that I would also be quite happy watching it episodically. Yeah. So twenty minutes at a time. Yeah, and I think also with the engagement is like how likely you know start looking at your phone or sort if, of get a bit distracted. I suppose maybe the way I would think about it is if it was on the TV would I have to turn the channel over to watch it, which I do with some things like Strictly Ballroom or Clueless. I pretty much have to watch those if, if those come up. Or Princess Bride. And I think I, I would. So I'd say this scores 4.7. That's decent. That's yeah. very decent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is decent. Mr. Crosby. I, um, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for 4.6. I, I mean, I, I, I watched it. I was slightly clock watching because I was watching it on a, on a time li- I wanted what I wanted to watch called the midwife so <laughs> and I I'd, I'd mistimed it by like I think I had to I watched the last seven I watched everything but the last seven minutes then watched call the midwife then watched the last seven minutes which by the way I don't recommend that particular mashup okay. a lot of blood like, it's like too, too much blood too like, you know a lot of like no crying for about 70 minutes then loads of crying for an hour <laughs> then no crying for another sort of 15 minutes some um, female characters and then no female <laughs> yeah, characters. suddenly too many female characters come on but no so i i yeah but i i if if that had not been the situation i would have happily watched it all the way through and it, it just it nips by and there's new stuff happening all the time like it is it's episodic and sketchy which is a, it's great for just kind of keeping your interest it's full of new little starts yeah so yeah so 4.7 4.7 helen i think i'm gonna give it a five i mean it's so short that even watching it again, it just flew by and, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't feel the need to check the phone and I'd done all like my, uh, you know, when you get into the ID, IMDB train of, I'd already done that after watching it the first time, so I didn't feel the need to go, oh, that guy was in this and that was in that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just so short that it, you know, had my attention again and I, I do really want to see it again now after we've seen it. Engagement score, yeah, I think I'm going to go 4.7 you guys as well. Let's make oh, it 4.7 across the board. I think we really get along. Aww. Yeah. Look at that. So we got an overall score of 4.7, which is amazing. That's actually. very good. Yeah. That's really good. It's a very good film. Yeah. I'm really pleased I, I watched it. It's one of those things I don't know why I, it passed me by. I, I saw the trailer. I remember seeing, sitting in Brixton Ritzy, seeing the trailer for it, and thinking, yeah, I'll definitely see that. And yeah. then just it happens sometimes where it just passes you by. Yeah. How, do you do you do the when on Netflix? Do you give like ratings after do, yeah. after a film? Now I have a terrible thing in that I've 
been up to the Edinburgh Festival so many years and you, you get reviewed in stars for your Edinburgh shows, I never give lower than four stars. If I hate a movie, I might give it three stars. If I absolutely hate it, yeah. but yeah, I but can't bring my... And it's, and I'm, pu- I'm punishing Netflix, myself. Though. I'm punishing myself. Occasionally, I won't review a film, but if I watch it, they still see you've watched it all the way through, through to the end. But I'm punishing myself, but I can't... You know, this is a thing that didn't exist. So, you know, this is a thing that, that didn't exist until a load of people pulled together and made it happen. I've got a very romantic... Till Adam Sandler <laughs> got out of his armchair and he's like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's just, let's do this entire Hero. movie. I'm not going to write a script. But yeah, so I'm, I'm very bad for like, I mean, I've, I've, I I just think... Your it, recommendations must be absolute dog shit. They're all over You're the place. You're too kind. I'm too kind. Yeah. I'm too generous. Yeah. I've got too, my too, big, too big a heart, Helen. That's oh. the problem. <laughs> Give, giving away those stars. Here, just have some stars. Giving oh, away Matthew. those stars. Yeah, they're stars. They're not love. <laughs> anyway. So I think, that, well, 4.7 is... Strong. I can't see. I can't. It's going to be a diff, It's going to be an interesting film that beats that. I think. Mm. So I think we should finish there. Yes. On a positive. On a positive. On a positive yeah. Vampiric note. And if you guys can sound us off to who you are again and where we can find you, of course, we'll link to you guys in the show notes. Thank you. That's a fantastic question to end on. Who are you again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, person <laughs> over there. Uh, I tell you what, should we do each other? Yeah. All right. Okay. So sitting next to me right now is the podcaster and broadcaster Helen Saltzman. She is my former flatmate. You can hear her podcasts on the Radiotopia network. Is that right? Sure. The you can look it up on the internet. People know how the internet works now. So so go to www. <laughs> You d- oh, sorry, HTTP no. oh, colon forward slash forward slash. No. So if you if you search for the Illusionist or answer me this, they're two of my absolute favourite podcasts. Oh, I don't. You. I've I've fallen away from so many podcasts over the years. But we all do, constant. but I've stayed constant, like wow. the Northern Star to your those two podcasts. That's I absolutely adore it. I absolutely adore them both. And Matthew Crosby here is part of Pappies, the sketch troupe who also do the two podcasts, Pappies Flatshare Slamdown, which I've been on. You have been on twice. Our in real fact. life. Flatshare slamming down and Pappy's Bangers and Mash, which is sketches. And mm. he's also a comedian, so you can see him live. Where can, can people see you live? You, you got MatthewCrosby.com? You're not going to believe this. This is a bit of a coup. Not, not, not dot info. I've got MatthewCrosby.tumblr.com. <laughs> 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 Whoa, how much do you pay for that? Oof. That is a coup, isn't it? Mm. And I see, yeah, all my sweet podcasting money. That's where it's going, guys. <laughs> getting, you, getting the cool URLs. Free templates. I went for a dot org because I thought they're classy. Yeah, they really are classy. And also, not for profit. Oh. Not anymore. <laughs> exactly, just yeah. buy one. 20 quid because the dot com was five grand. No. <laughs> yep. Guys, yes, thanks a lot, guys, for, for talking about what we do in the shadows. What a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. 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 We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And of course, we want to big up tony and jay and also greg our editors from gl productions of course please big up mighty people for the tunes you can hear now and at the start of the podcast find us on twitter at flixwatcherpod and visit our website flixwatcher.tv